are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And on today's episode, we actually are going international and we're speaking with pharmacist Daniel Trakoff on his role in pharmacy informatics and technology. So thank you so much to be on the podcast, Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks so much for inviting me to join your podcast. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, I think uh, we connected because you, you're, you're in Australia and you went to the US to kind of like look at how Pharmacy Informatics was playing a role here, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I did, I have had the opportunity to visit the United States a number of times and I uh, did have also the opportunity to meet yourself uh, and your colleagues back in, I think it was towards the end of 2019, almost feels like an eternity ago now, but uh, it's certainly been enlightening and a great opportunity to hear how our colleagues in the United States are working in the, in the field of pharmacy informatics and I'm sure there's learnings that we can take from our U.S. colleagues and likewise. Awesome, awesome. And you know, like, I don't really know how Australian uh, pharmacy practice is, so it's going to be really interesting to talk about that today, too. Um, but, you know, just before we get into that, like, can you kind of tell the listeners a little bit more about, like, yourself and kind of, like, how you got into pharmacy? What kind of, like, what was kind of, like, the bug that bit you that got you into pharmacy? Yeah, sure. So, uh, currently, I'm the lead informatics pharmacist at the Children's Health Queensland Hospital and Health Service, which is based in Brisbane, Australia, in the sunny state of Queensland, uh, and I've been in that role for about three years now. Uh, just as a bit of background, I originally uh, graduated from the University of Sydney with a Bachelor's of Pharmacy degree, uh, and then I moved to my internship with the Sydney Children's Hospitals Network. Uh, and I guess for me, the entry into pharmacy or the interest in pharmacy was really driven by this core principle around uh, being involved with direct patient care uh, and I guess that interaction with other clinicians. But for me, I guess one of the big drivers and interests in the pharmacy field was just the diversity and flexibility that pharmacy offered me, uh, the ability to work in industry, to work in government or in community pharmacy, as well as hospital uh, pharmacy as well, just uh, provided me that opportunity to take my career in many different paths. So after my internship uh, with the City Children's Hospitals Network, um, I entered then pharmacy informatics quite fortuitously. Um, at the end of my intern year, there was an opportunity for me to enter a project analyst role uh, to uh, for an EMR implementation with City Children's Hospitals Network. Uh, and that was quite early, I guess, in my pharmacy career. So um, the opportunity allowed me to work both in a clinical role um, as well as be involved in the implementation project. Uh, and so for me, there was, I guess, a unique opportunity for me to enter a niche area in Australia. Uh, and I have, I guess, a- occupied a number of roles since then. Uh, and then only, I, I believe it was in the late uh, 2017 when I moved to Queensland uh, to then work on another pediatric implementation of an EMR and specifically medications management uh, at the Queensland Children's Hospital in Brisbane. That's really cool. So so I'm not really sure how pharmacy practice is in um, in your country. Uh, how How is that like? Like when you were just doing the cl- clinical work, what was your day-to-day like? Yeah, look, I think it's quite interesting to reflect on the pharmacy practice in Australia and comparing to how it is in the United States particularly given my opportunity to visit there a number of times. Uh, Certainly, I think there are some core fundamental similarities in how we work clinically as pharmacists in Australia compared with the United States. Uh, In my role uh, working as a clinical pharmacist, I was very much involved uh, in providing care uh, at the inpatient unit 
private level and also in our ambulatory clinics as well um, at the Children's Hospital at Westmead. And primarily it was, you know, uh, providing medication management advice, clinical reviews, uh, being quite heavily involved in multidisciplinary teamwork. Particularly, I I had a a role of working with neurology and neurosurgery um, at the hospital where I worked. So certainly uh, there was a very heavy presence on, on the floor, if you like, or in the inpatient units. Um, but um, as you would appreciate with all pharmacy roles is uh, that element of working uh, within the dispensary and within the pharmacy department itself and the various roles that uh, are involved in terms of um, uh, pharmacy service. Awesome. And and all that experience, like how did that help you when you first moved into that role for, um, I guess it was electronic medication management project pharmacist? Yeah, so it's interesting. And I think many people will probably I think that uh, I did enter the field of pharmacy informatics quite early. Uh, And for me, one of the things that was quite evident was in my role as a junior pharmacist that whilst I had a strong clinical interest, I really had a drive for affecting change on a broader scale. And for me, that opportunity to be part of an electronic medication management implementation was a really unique one to be able to, you know, not only provide my clinical expertise, which was, you could argue, limited at the time, but certainly my drive for uh, affecting change and process improvement at that, uh, you know, at that larger scale across the organization was the key driver for uh, me uh, heading into that project space. Suffice to say also that I had quite limited experience working in in the project space. And so that was a quite a new world for me and a very steep learning curve that um, ultimately did take me quite uh, in the direction of pharmacy informatics down the track. Okay, that's that's really cool. So I, I, I do want to talk about too that um, in the US a few years ago, we had that boom where everybody was like implementing EHRs because it was required to um, by the government for reimbursement purposes and things like that. And I, I was wondering like, how was that in Australia, like how was the rise of pharmacy informatics? How did that occur? And was that also part of like what drove you to uh, go towards this space as well? Yeah, that's a really interesting point because if we look at the adoption of EMRs and specifically medication informatics in Australia over the last decade, this is really where we've seen that exponential rise in adoption of EMRs in Australia and, and particularly in the, in the medications informatics space. Uh, I, I think if you look back probably 10 years, there was quite emerging and compelling evidence around the impact of uh, EMR and CPOE adoption on patient safety outcomes. Uh, and certainly that uh, evidence was really weighing heavily into the strategies of organizations across the country and certainly our governments, our state governments. Uh, and so we did see quite a, um, a big uh, increase in funding available from state government uh, in terms of the implementation of EMRs. And so this really gave rise to a number of, I guess, pilot projects across uh, many jurisdictions in Australia. And for me, that project that I first embarked on as my uh, um, electronic medication management project pharmacist role uh, was one of those first key pilot projects. Was uh, We had the first pediatric EMM, what we call electronic medication management implementation in the state of New South Wales. Uh, and so for us, we were really, uh, I guess, going in a, in a pioneer direction for pediatrics in our state. Um, going to electronic medication management. So then from there, we did see certain uh, other uh, facilities, uh, other organizations uh, with mixed uh, patient populations also um, sort of tap into that that funding uh, bucket from from the state government around uh, implementing and, and optimizing their EMRs to broaden the scope uh, to include uh, particularly medications management and other solutions. And so we've just seen from there naturally this progression and growth into uh, a mo- much more uh, widespread adoption of EMRs across Australia. But what you'll, you'll, you'll notice is that there is actually 
quite a significant variability in adoption amongst the states. If we look at Australia as a whole, as of last year, around 65% of our public hospitals have an EMR uh, and a, a vast majority, if not all of those, incorporate uh, electronic or digital medication management. Uh, but when you look at our private hospital sector, it is quite different. You do see that there's almost, uh, there's very minimal adoption and uptake of EMRs in that sector. Uh, and it does come back to, I guess, perhaps some of the, the views at the leadership and the executive level or the boards of those organisations and I guess that the funding sources that just aren't there as we have, for example, with our, our state governments uh, and our state government run and public hospital systems. So there are certainly some differences between the public and the private sectors in terms of EMR adoption. Uh, but certainly I would say if we look at our workforce as well, back when I started in my role, you, probably, you could probably count, you know, within 50 to 100 pharmacy informaticists across the country you know, at the time were quite well established in looking after sort of bespoke systems like our pharmacy dispensing software, for example. But now you just see that, you know, quite consistently across organisations in almost every state and territory that we have in Australia, that we have established pharmacy informatics teams uh, and pharmacy informatics presence in our um, EMR and information services team. Yeah, that's a that's a really good expansion of like the role. Um, and I, I also wanted to talk about like, I guess the technologies that are being used in Australia now. Um, I, I do understand that there are some gaps that when compared to the US, there are some gaps that Australia hasn't been able to uh, complete that yet. And But then on the other hand, there are things that's been done that is actually more um, more advanced than what we've been able to do in the US. Uh, are you aware of like, I guess, some of those and can you speak to some of them? Yeah, look, I think when I reflect on uh, where we've come in the last five to 10 years, uh, particularly there has been that, um, I guess, larger element of closing the gap. So as you referred to, you know, if there are certain areas areas which we just really only recently come up to the benchmark and the standard that we've seen across the world and certainly in the United States. Um, I guess one key fact that I can share is that it was only last year in May that our first end-to-end -end electronic prescription was issued and dispensed in this country. So um, that, I guess, is just one indicator of our maturity, I guess, from the point of view of digital health adoption. But for me, one of the, the greatest uh, encouraging signs is that we've seen just such a rapid growth and such a rapid um, uptake of EMR in Australian digital health. And I think, you know, looking at the last year in particular, we've seen that the COVID-19 pandemic has essentially been an accelerant for the uptake of digital health with the electronic prescriptions element, but also virtual care uh, that has sort of fed into that electronic prescription driver, if you like, in the community. So there is certainly a lot of long way to go. Another key element for us, which has only recently come onto the radar, is real-time prescription monitoring. Uh, and that, I guess, is all about monitoring the dispensing and the use of or trying to address the misuse of controlled medicines, you know, opioids, benzodiazepine uh, in Australia. Uh, and certainly that, again, has just really come to fruition in such short time. And I'm sure there are learnings that we've uh, been able to glean from other um, areas of the world, including the United States, on how we best implement those systems and practices. Uh, and so it's just been so encouraging to see us come so far in such short space of time. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. And I'm just looking at all your experience, too. And, you know, the, the way that Australia's story of adoption is very, like, it's it's reflected in the roles that you've been taking over time as well. It just looks like 
every uh, every few years you get into a different role where your role is expanding, and it's really uh, really really cool to see that. Um, I, I guess like I see here, you start off the project pharmacist, and then you went up higher to application manager, and then you went into another institution as a as a medications management, like an advanced clinical lead, and it's really cool to see that. And I, I think like one of the things that uh, we did talk about before this podcast recording was uh, how your role is getting more on the larger scale in terms of like not specifically pharmacy anymore, but like you're getting to be more like integrated with the rest of the healthcare system. Can you kind of like describe a little bit about that kind of role? Yeah, I think it's it's quite sobering also to reflect back on my last, you know, six years really now, almost seven years in the pharmacy informatics field in Australia and how quickly and how rapidly everything has evolved for me in my career. You know, I certainly wouldn't have imagined myself to be in the position where I am today, you know, only being a pharmacist for seven years uh, and sort of really assuming these leadership roles now um, in the informatics space. I think working my way up as application manager and then moving into more of a leadership role with Children's Health Queensland um, to lead their implementation. And I guess for me, it was that exposure along the way to these different parts of what it is to implement and to maintain and optimize an EMR really is. And pharmacy informatics is such a critical part of that uh, story. However, we know that the EMR is much more than just pharmacy informatics. Uh, and for me, there was a unique opportunity towards the end of 2019 uh, to really venture out into a different role. Um, so currently, whilst uh, I am in the officially in the position of the lead informatics pharmacist for uh, Children's Health Queensland, uh, I am seconded to a role uh, which is called Principal Lead for Innovations. Uh, and that's with an organization uh, within Queensland called eHealth Queensland. Uh, and they provide that central digital health uh, leadership support uh, and expertise around various elements of um, EMR uh, adoption and expansion. And in that role, I've really stepped out of the pharmacy informatics space uh, for a little bit of time at least. And it has opened, uh, I guess, my eyes certainly to what the vast, I guess, the expansion of pharmacy informatics is, or vast expanse of pharmacy informatics. And for me, uh, it's been quite enlightening that to understand all the various touch points and the integration points of um, an EMR system. And it particularly highlighted to me that pharmacy informatics really has those various touch points with other parts of our EMR and our workflows in the system, uh, you know, with nursing informatics and how some of our, our actions and workflows within the pharmacy space can impact our physicians and our other providers. So for me, it's been, it's been a fantastic experience. I've also had exposure to working more closely in project delivery. So, you know, overseeing the delivery, not, not, I guess, purely from a project management perspective, but also providing that clinical leadership. So just as an example, um, over the last year, I've been involved in some delivering some upgrades to uh, our key elements of the EMR, but also uh, implementing some optimizations and enhancements to our systems, which involves both that clinical leadership aspect, because we we are heavily involved in stakeholder engagement, consultation, design, and then also working with that project governance structure that we have within eHealth Queensland and more broadly across Queensland Health to, uh, you know, make sure that we're delivering on schedule and to um, to meet our milestones as we would be expected to. And then also that that end part of the technical side, so actually delivering something into your production environment safely, effectively, uh, and making sure that you understand process from end to end. So for me, it's been a fantastic experience of exposure to other areas in the informatics space. Uh, and I certainly hope that I can 
return to, to pharmacy informatics with a much broader lens of what it is to be part of an EMR system and, you know, bring those lessons learned so that we can um, not just work within our silo, but work much more collaboratively with our, with our colleagues in the other EMR space. You did mention about it, just working collaboratively. And I, I wanted to ask, because I don't really know how the Australian healthcare system is, but um, what is the interoperability like in Australia? Is it like kind of like countrywide? Is it statewide? Is it still like a certain health system? Systems have their own EMR and other ones have different ones or like I guess I'm trying to gauge what level of interoperability is there uh, within the whole continent of you know, Australia? Yeah, this is a very interesting point you raised, Tony, because we have seen quite uh, variability across Australia, uh, our jurisdictions in the country in terms of you know interoperability and, and the approach that different states take. For example, if we look at New South Wales, which is our most populous state, there we have uh, our, our local health districts, if you like, or jurisdictions that each have their individual instances of an EMR. And whilst they may be using the same vendor, uh, they actually have their own individual domains. And so one of the, the key projects that I understand that New South Wales is undertaking is to implement what they call the single digital patient record so that we can actually get the clinical information from these uh, different instances of, of, of what is often the same EMR system talking to each other and so that our clinicians can access uh, can access information for patients from other EMR instances because particularly in, in uh, Australia, you know, there are um, quite shared services, particularly when we look at our regions. We have patients who may be coming from regional centres uh, for specialist care in our major cities. And so it's important that we have that shared care model where when they return back to their home, uh, their clinicians there um, for, from a continuing care perspective can access can have access to information. So that's, I guess, one example. When we look at um, the state of Queensland, where I currently am, so just to give, I guess, a measure. So Queensland is about uh, two, and a half si- uh, two and a half times the size of Texas. So quite a large state geographically with many different hospital and health services across the state. It's quite a small population though comparatively. We've only about just over 5 million people. But in the state of Queensland, the approach is quite different. We actually have uh, the idea of a single uh, EMR that's shared across the state, uh, particularly across our major hospital and health service. So you have one single domain, one environment that is shared across currently 15 hospitals. And so that has got its unique challenges. It's got its benefits, but certainly, or, or you know, I guess we the benefits that we have is that we have, you know, have a true comprehensive single patient record where if you are a patient in Cairns, which is right at the north of our state or in Townsville, again, in the tropical north part of Queensland, and you have to visit Brisbane, which is our capital city far in the south for treatment, specialist treatment, you can certainly do that and your clinicians at either end can have access to information in real time. And that has been invaluable. Um, on the other side of the coin, the challenges that we have encountered is obviously trying to gain clinical consensus in some elements of how we design our system so that it works for not only Brisbane and the southeast corner of the state, which is most populous, but for all of Queensland. And it's it's that challenge which we have certainly, I guess, worked through incredibly well. And one of the learnings that I've had, you know, over the last few years is that despite the differences in views and practices that we may have as clinicians, ultimately we uh, do arrive at, at you know a sensible um, a sensible point in the in the best interest of delivering the best patient care, and I think that has really shone through in Queensland, uh, and it is a testament to the work of clinicians right across the state in being able to achieve that single EMR. So as I say, it certainly hasn't gone without its challenges, but I think the the challenges that we did encounter are well and truly 
uh, were overshadowed by the benefits that we've had in terms of driving towards that true single patient record in uh, in the state of Queensland. And that's that's really interesting, like because this is the entire state. I, I am I guess I'm curious about like how do you um, manage the different practices that each uh, health system may have, like each hospital may have, depending on where they're at, what kind of population they're serving. And uh, is that also like part of the standardization that you do? Or do you really also have to do some certain custom thing for certain sites where they do have like a very different practice? You touch on a very interesting area, Tony, because certainly that has been the subject of much discussion uh, amongst our clinicians and our informaticists over the last several years. We always have a principle of trying to standardize where it's appropriate. Uh, and standardization for the sake of, for the sake of standardization is not always the right thing to do. Uh, and it's about doing what's right, uh, you know, in terms of in the best interests of our clinicians and our patients. But I guess it's about establishing that ethos of trying to standardize design and the principles of achieving a common goal across the state. We, uh, I guess, at, you know, from, from my experience, one of the key elements to the success of this is robust governance and making sure that our governance groups have adequate representation from all the sites that are involved so that everyone has a voice and everyone has a, a the avenue to contribute their views and their expertise. And that for us has been certainly challenging, but incredibly rewarding and valuable because we have had various clinicians from so many different parts of state contribute to one particular item that we may be progressing, but it makes it all the better for it. So, you know, as I say, it hasn't gone without its challenges. We have certainly had to consider at certain times customizing or flexing um, content for certain facilities, but there has to be very good clinical justification to do that. Um, we have to think about not only the clinical aspect and what it means for our end users, but what does it mean for our application teams who are managing the system long term? Um, you know, how they are able to manage this from an operational perspective as well. Um, ultimately, it is a, it is a balancing act and trying to find that sweet spot. But the, the general ethos that we adopt is to achieve uh, a standard design, a commonly shared design that is input by all um, for the greater good of clinicians of the state. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's similar to like how we think about it too when we do think about different organs and um, different clinics uh, practice here. So in the US, we've actually had, you know, a very difficult time of getting all the records to like one spot or having like a one record for everybody. Um, and how has that been done in, in Australia? Is that something that you guys actually were able to do or overcome? Yeah, so this has been quite a hot topic in Australia over the last few years. In the last um, two to three years, we have seen the rise of the My Health Record in Australia, which has become such a central uh, point of uh, clinical information for um, citizens of the country. And so the My Health Record is essentially a personally controlled EHR, uh, which obtains information about uh, patients from various different sources, whether that be um, pharmacy dispensing, discharge summaries from a hospital, pathology results from laboratories, et cetera, et cetera, and the list just goes on. And what was interesting is there was quite a significant debate in this country around the, I guess, the privacy concerns around the My Health Record, uh, because the approach that Australia has taken is that um, you are a member of My Health Record unless you consciously opt out of that system. Uh, and so there was certainly pros and cons and it's quite significant debate at the time. But now it's probably fair to say that the My Health Record has become quite a fundamental part of the healthcare delivery in Australia, where uh, patients are now 
not having to share the, and repeat the same information to every healthcare provider they visit. Um, you know, a clinician can, can view information about dispensing, as I mentioned, discharge summaries for previous hospitals and a plethora of other information, which ultimately is for the greater good of, of the country and, and for individual citizens. So uh, really that debate has quietened down significantly now and my health record is here to stay, I believe. And, um, you know, we continue to expand in terms of what clinical information is, is available on this. So uh, that has been a huge development in that space uh, here in Australia over the last five years. And um, I, I guess like, I, I know that you're from Australia, but you know, we do have listeners all around the world. And I guess um, if somebody was interested in learning more or, you know, just getting their foot in the door for a role in healthcare IT, a role as an informatics pharmacist, uh, based on your experience, uh, what kind of advice do you think uh, you can give them? Look, I think the first thing is to understand that this is a, whether this is a field that you'd like to enter. Um, it is certainly challenging and it does take away in some ways from your exposure to uh, being a, a you know clinician on the floor and and being a clinician on the floor isn't for everyone you know it, it's you can have your clinical expertise and be able to apply that in so many different settings in healthcare and it's not always in direct patient care so just reflect firstly on whether that is something for you and be comfortable with that then i think once you've established that your interests are there and this is really the direction that you want to take or at least give it a go then it would be really wise to start to socialize that with the leaders in your organization you know that may be firstly your director of pharmacy or your chief pharmacy officer or leaders within your pharmacy department to really show that you have an interest in pharmacy informatics and that you want to, to give this a go. I guess that would be the next step. Keep an eye out for any opportunities that are there. Um, don't be thrown off by any of the selection criteria or acquired experience that, that might be put on a job advertisement for in a pharmacy informatics role. Often uh, when you're involved in a recruitment process for a pharmacy informatics resource, it's not only looking at those skills on paper, but it's really about the attributes of the individual that shine through and really can can tell me whether there's someone that's um, you know suitable to work in the pharmacy informatics field. Uh, and try and get out there and be involved in some of those uh, organizations and groups that uh, might form part of your professional society. So, you know, whether that be in the, in the United States within the ASHP, uh, I'm sure there are many other um, groups within the United States in the pharmacy informatics field. Get involved, you know, show your interest. And I think creating those networks and connections is a great way uh, to get into the pharmacy informatics field. I'm sure that in the United States, there are probably more opportunities from a um, an education perspective to make sure that you can uh, give yourself the best chances of growing a career in pharmacy informatics from your from your studies. Certainly here in Australia, that's currently not the case. And I hope to see that change in the future where we can have improvements in availability of pharmacy informatics, I guess, electives or courses within our pharmacy education. Um, that's something where I think we can certainly improve. But anywhere else you are in the world, if you can, absolutely sign yourself up for those for those courses or for any certifications that may help you um, getting into pharmacy informatics. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And if people actually wanted to, you know, speak with you about your practice or, you know, just practice in your local area, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? I'm very happy to, to chat with anybody, Tony, um, as you know. So feel free to reach out via email or LinkedIn. Um, I'm very happy to take any questions and to chat uh, offline as well with anybody who's interested. Awesome. So um, for the listeners, I'll be putting that in the show notes for you guys to just uh, reach out uh, so it's easy for you to just get that information. But, you know, to be respectful of your time, Daniel, thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure, Tony, and I certainly hope that I've uh, provided some insight into the field of pharmacy informatics here down under, uh, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. All 
Alright, if you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal. Oh, 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 oh